So it starts community, the coming together of being together in this place together where we live. How do we know who we are, who we want to become? By listening to this place, it will share its wisdom if we can only ask the right questions. Questions that rise from this moment, these waters, these people that live here now, and all who have come before. Yes, this is a neighborhood, within many neighborhoods, together making a fabric of knowing the truth matters. And we want to read about it from the foundation of here. Cape Catch by The Enterprise, where we bring you audio stories on the latest news from Falmouth, Mashpee, Bourne, and Sandwich. I'm Gilda Geist, and what you just heard was a poem by Falmouth musician and writer Melissa Roberts-Weidman. I'm 69, retired in November. I've been writing poetry all my life, but doing it more as a hobby. At least, that was until a few months ago. Now, Melissa spends her days writing poems for strangers at locations around the Upper Cape. In the Mashpee Commons, at the Falmouth Farmer's Market. Um, She actually just started at Bread and Roses in Hyannis. That was Sam Drysdale, the Mashpee reporter who first reached out to Melissa to learn more about her story. I sat down to talk to Sam about her experience getting to know Melissa and eventually getting a poem of her very own. So when I first hopped on Zoom with Melissa, first thing you notice is her hippy-dippy background. She had art, made by her daughter. She had tapestries and rainbows all over the place. Um, So when I met her in person the next day, I was not disappointed by her fun jewelry, crazy hair, um, fun t-shirt with a writing slogan on it. When she started explaining that she was a poet who had lived in a commune in the 70s, it all made sense. In their first conversation over Zoom, Melissa told Sam how she got started with poetry busking. I was in Provincetown for a meeting for work, and I came out of the meeting and was walking back to my car and literally tripped over a man poetry busking in front of Town Hall. And I looked down, and there's this sign saying, pick a topic, get a poem, and his typewriter. So I sat with him, he wrote me a poem, we talked for a couple of hours, and I said, how did you prepare for this? How did you learn to do this? He said, I read a poem every day and wrote a poem every day for a year. Melissa got right to work. From that day on, she read and wrote a poem every day, just like the poetry busker in Provincetown had told her. She even changed the direction of a memoir she had been working on, from prose to poetry. But this is a very different process. This is spontaneous poems. I'm doing it with about five minutes. I have a conversation with a person, and then in 15 minutes, I write the poem. So there's no revision, there's no honing, you just have to learn to trust your intuition. But Melissa's spontaneous spirit isn't the only reason these poems happen without any sort of revision or correction or editing process. Just like the poetry busker she met in Provincetown, Melissa writes her poems on a manual typewriter. The typewriters themselves are magical. Sam explains. The typewriter was like kind of part of the whole thing, you know. She has five typewriters. Each of them had their own amazing stories and she, you know, is a storyteller. So she loved telling the stories of the typewriters that were creating more stories. I actually have my own little 
electric typewriter. Something about having the, the clacking noise and being totally divorced from the internet or like getting texts while you're trying to type something, um, it definitely creates a totally different writing experience. So I'm there with my one of my two favorite typewriters and a sign that says, pick a topic, get a poem, pay what you want. And then she waits. So people are walking by. I would say about 90% of them ignore me completely. But the 10% that know what this is or, or somehow it touches them, make a beeline for me <laughs> and sit down in the chair and go, I want a poem or I need a poem. Melissa says that each poem takes her about 20 minutes, five minutes to talk to the person requesting the poem and 15 minutes to write it. And so generally when they come back, I ask them if they want me to read it to them. And all but one person has said yes. So I perform it basically. And having been a blues musician, which is largely improvisational, the interaction, the conversation, and then the spontaneous performance is all territory I'm deeply familiar with and, and comfortable with. So I would say 90% of those people, once I read it to them and hand it to them, cry. In addition to the people she's giving her poems to, this is a deeply emotional experience for Melissa herself. What I'm getting out of it is this is one of the deepest, you know, I don't know how to say this in a way that isn't going to sound totally flaky, but one of the deepest spiritual practices I've ever done in my life, and I've done a lot. <laughs> she seemed to feel so lucky to, to have the ability to take connections and relationships with people simple conversations with them and turn them into something beautiful and what I took away from it was that she didn't take for granted that that was something she was able to do. It was clear that she just loved people and just wanted to honor them. One of the things that makes Melissa's poem so successful is that she always meets people where they're at, no matter the topic. Friendship, a lot of love, a lot of, you know, tribute to loved ones, mm -hmm. be they children, parents, spouses, lovers, a lot of dogs, sometimes food, ballet, music, surprisingly very little about politics, a lot of stuff about the ocean, rainbows, someone wanted me to write a poem for their piano, and people want stuff about themselves and the journey that they've been in, to, to have something to look at to celebrate who they are. But through all these different topics, one thing unites the people who get a poem from Melissa. The person who's there is usually there because they have some need to have someone articulate feelings or a story that they can't find the words for. Melissa gave Sam an example. During one of her poetry busking sessions, a man approached her asking for a poem. She asked him what he wanted the poem to be about. So this particular person said, Canadian geese. So he was from Boston. He said, well, every day I go down to the Charles River and watch this particular group of Canadian youth and pay attention to all of their behavior. And I'm getting to know them and recognizing them. Melissa asked her typical next question. Why? Because he's just lost a relationship 
him severe heartbreak. And it's so important and helpful to him to see a family caring for each other. So I would say, again, the 90% rule, 90% of the topics I get after asking a few more questions turn out to be about love, heartbreak, or grief and loss. Here's one about love. This couple came up to me and they were both like, Immediately, we know what we want. We want a poem about mac and cheese. Because their first day, they had mac and cheese together. So it was really about their love for each other. That's the miracle of poetry. You take something very ordinary, something you're not really paying attention to. It just stands for something that has meaning for that person. I think a lot of people have been scared away because of their school experience and they just shut down to it. So I like to think that people who engage in this process are discovering, some of them are just rediscovering what it can be in a more accessible way because it's it's all about the interaction, the relationship, and the dialogue with someone who's alive and present in front of you. Beyond her metaphor-shrouded poems about big topics like love and loss, Melissa loves writing poems for kids. Now, kids are my favorite, especially little kids, because if they are attracted to the typewriter, what I'm seeing is they are attracted to words. And what they like to do is give me a challenge. So they'll go, Write me a poem about a Tyrannosaurus Rex and a chicken and uh, a Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'll try and do with the kids is have them sit with me and help me come up with rhymes. So for the kids, I write rhyming poems, not for the girls. They love doing that. The day after Sam's Zoom interview with Melissa, she went to ask her for a poem of her very own. I'm like not a poetry person at all. I love reading, but I'm very strictly prose. <laughs> I always say I don't get poetry. So I was really nervous that she was going to write me this lovely poem and I was just going to sit there and be like, I don't get it. But after our conversation, um, I could see why people were so drawn in to her and why they felt like she really captured something very personal to them in her poetry because even though I was feeling a little nervous about it to begin with after we talked for two hours I was like absolutely I feel like this woman sees who I am and she'll be able to represent that on a page and I was so not disappointed by that um I mean I asked her to write something pretty general because it was going to get published in the paper so I wanted something about uh, local journalism and why it's so important and why it serves our community. She had me talk a little bit about that and I suddenly understood the experience of all the other people who had gone to get poems from her because I was finding myself getting choked up talking about why I felt what we do at the Enterprise is important and I think it reflected in the page because she did a, a reading for me um, and I definitely, you know, felt emotional <laughs> when she was uh, uh, reading the poem back to me. But it really captured the heart of like why I even do this with my life. I was like, how did you, how did you do that? So that poem you heard at the beginning of this podcast, that was Sam's poem from Melissa. I asked Sam to sit down with me, read me her favorite line, and help me analyze it. 
in true English class poetry unit style. Okay, so one of the lines that I really liked was she's talking about kind of the connectivity between community and place, I think, and I really like that idea. Like, as a journalist, I really like, like, going into the place that I'm covering and outside of my job frequenting businesses and talking to people, like, trying to really immerse myself in the place, and I think that she's kind of getting at that here, and she says community, the coming together of being together in this place together where we live, it feels like honoring that. And my favorite line is, if only we can ask the right questions, because I think so much of journalism is that in a way people don't realize. When I tell people I'm a journalist, they say, you're a writer. I'm like, well, yeah, writing is a byproduct of journalism, and it's something I have to do to communicate what I've learned, but really it's about learning, and essentially it's about asking the right questions. And a lot of that comes from, again, that understanding a community, understanding a place. From there, it's so much just about being there to learn. And I think what makes my job so cool is that I just get to learn new things every day and let people talk for themselves. I'm not here to talk for anyone, to put words in anyone's mouth. I just want to ask the questions and hear what other people have to say. Surprisingly, or maybe not if any really well-rounded writers are listening, There were lots of similarities between Sam's work as a journalist and Melissa's work as a poet. Here's Melissa, talking about her poetry as a learning process. Listen closely, and you'll hear parallels with what Sam was saying about her writing being secondary to her learning. I don't consider myself a poet like Wordsworth is or any, you know, nothing like that. I I consider myself, um, yes, I'm, I'm making poems. I'm a poem maker, apprenticed to this process that is teaching me what poetry can be. So I'm, I'm just learning. Sam told me she sees Melissa's work and her work as providing a similar service to the community. Her poems are about helping people discover things about themselves or see their own worlds and their own thoughts and feelings reflected in a unique or different way. I would like to think a lot of my work is about helping people understand their world. It's a lot less personal world, but yeah, giving people information that they didn't have before, helping them understand things. And what she does is the same thing, except it's much more introspective. (laughs) And even when we were talking, the kind of questions that she asked people, I was like, oh, I ask people that sort of thing. Like, oh, I've asked people that question, except I'm writing about sewers and zoning and she's writing about people's intimate relationships so yeah there was a surprising amount of overlap and she said something was like isn't it funny how writers just know other writers like there's just a a bond in words um that people who love words tend to just feel with one another i asked sam what advice she had for people like herself people who want a poem from melissa but might be too nervous to ask If you can power through, like, two minutes of feeling awkward, it will be worth it because you're going to be walking away with something that makes you feel very seen and heard, and that's a great feeling. I think if you're not a poetry person, you might be a music person, or you might be a novel person, or maybe something even further removed from poetry, but you can still find something in it that you relate to. If you want to see the original copy of the poem Melissa wrote for Sam, you can click the link in the description of this episode. Even though you heard Sam reading the poem in the beginning, 
I still think it's pretty cool to see how the words look written on Melissa's typewriter. Anyway, to close out our show today, here's Melissa talking about her poetry writing process. There's a, a writer named Anne Lamott who writes about writing. So she wrote a book on writing called Bird by Bird. It wasn't until I started doing this that I fully got what that means. It's like each word shows up and that's all I need. And then the next word shows up. It's like bricklaying. You know, you just have these materials, ordinary words, macaroni, cheese, T-Rex, whatever. And you just kind of see how does it line up? How does it look? How, what's needed in the moment? What are the requirements for the job? People will hear me, I'll be in the farmer's market and I'm typing away. And then all of a sudden they'll hear me go, ah! Because the ending will just show itself. I just don't know how it's gonna end. And then suddenly a phrase will come and I just, and it surprises me. Our program today was voiced, written, and produced by me, Gilda Geist. The reporting in this story was, of course, done by Sam. Since we started working on this episode, Sam has a new job reporting for Statehouse News Service in Boston, so you can check out her work there. And of course, a huge thank you to Melissa for all the time she dedicated to this story. You can read her poems at spontaneopoet.com. That's S-P-O-N-T-A-N-E-O-Poet.com. If you want a poem of your own, Melissa busks at the Falmouth Farmer's Market, which is open every Thursday from noon to 5. You can also find her at the Market Street Bookshop in the Mashpee Commons on Saturdays or Sundays, and at Bread and Roses Bookstore and Cafe in Hyannis. The Upper Cape Catch by the Enterprise comes out Friday mornings, just like our newspaper. Pick up your copy at our office in Falmouth, or at your favorite local business. Or, check us out online at capenews.net. We also now have an app that is free to download on the App Store and Google Play. Thanks for listening.